Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. Hey Bridget, have you ever heard of the third space? Um, is it like the fourth wall? <laughs> I haven't heard of that. <laughs> Oh, it's like a drama thing, the fourth wall. It's like the audience. But yeah, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, what is the third space? It's something uh, Dr. Annalene Weston brings it up in this podcast and it's actually something I hadn't really thought about that I never realized I had really implemented myself. I I tend to get out at lunchtime, I want to go for a walk, I want to go sit by the river, I want to have some space and that is in a way the, a third space but she talks about it more um, in, in the context of taking care of yourself. She talks about it between patients and resetting and, and allowing you, you know, helping you get through that day without banking up all the stress. Um, it's something that's super useful. Do you use it? Um, See, I've never heard to it referred to as the third space, but I've heard of a similar concept and I think I've heard of it as being called buffering. So it's sort of, you know, plotting out time in your work day or even just if you've got a busy day of running errands and doing jobs of just to sort of, yeah, stop, reset, um, kind of and figure out where you are, but whether it be just like stopping and having, you're going out the back and having a coffee or a tea, or as you say, Mm. if you have the opportunity to go out for a walk within your day. Yeah. Yeah. It's super useful. Yeah. So it really allows you to show up and be present for that next patient rather than taking on the weight of the rest of the day into that new patient experience or treatment, which ends up being better for you and also for your next patient as well. Super useful and it's something that Dr. Annalene Weston talks about in this podcast. She's talking about taking care of yourself and and Dr. Annalene Weston, if you know her, she's done a full podcast with us and she's shared so much on burnout, um, mental health and she really supports the dental profession. She's a dental legal advisor with uh, DPL so she sees us perhaps at our worst or most stressed and she's got a lot of great advice for taking care of yourself in this podcast. The reason that I'm turned my mind to the absence, I suppose, of clear self-care in dental practitioners relates a lot to the burnout work that I've been doing. And during that time, I've discovered or uncovered some quite alarming things. So, for example, in any other profession in the world, uh, burnout is linked to what we call absenteeism. People don't go to work because they procrastinate and work avoid. But in healthcare, burnout is linked to presenteeism. Burnt out practitioners have more of a tendency to go to work because of their imposter syndrome, partly they can't let other people see. I can't let you see. And you don't necessarily think rationally when you're stressed. You're not your best self again. Um, Quite alarmingly, the studies that have been around this, uh, many of which have been in New Zealand, there's a beautiful paper called uh, Superheroes Don't Take Sick Leave. It's called Superheroes mm-hmm. Don't Take Sick Leave. And it's about how doctors and dentists don't take sick leave when they're sick. They will go to work and treat patients sick. Mm. Now, the problem is, is that looking at it from a COVID-19 perspective, if I'm sick and I treat patients, there is a risk, a genuine risk, I can make those patients sick. So it's easy to see why we would say that from a risk perspective, it's a poor idea. But then also, I'm not my best self, therefore I won't make as good a decisions. I'm not going to be as good a communicator. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be, you know, you put out like your your vibe. 
If I'm not yeah. feeling well, you know, my energy is a bit tatty, my body language is a bit tatty, and patients pick up on that. And in mm. fact, people make decisions on you based on your body language. It has been found within the first five seconds of meeting you. So if my body language is pain, or I don't want to be here, or I'm super sick, for a patient who's coming in frightened, sensitized, and predisposed to have a terrible experience, I've almost set the scene, haven't I? Mm-hmm. So there's a number of reasons from a risk perspective it's dangerous, notwithstanding the fact I could make the patient sick and I'm more likely to make a poor choice, a poor decision, and drop something. I don't know, something bad is more likely to happen if I'm not. <laughs> so I found it quite alarming how many dental practitioners went to work sick. And in fact, you, you then start talking to people who say, oh, I've been practicing for 40 years, I've never had a sick day. Mm. So you've never been sick. Oh, no, I've been sick. I mean, oh, I've been to work and had to keep leaving to vomit. Well, that's just lovely. And what happened yeah. if you felt like you were going to vomit? Did you just like hurry that procedure along or what was that? You know, was that, how did that work? <laughs> so I think that that in itself is, an, there's a number of areas, levels there that you can unpick. There's then, we deal with people who often see dentistry as a distress purchase and don't want to be there. And kindness goes a long way. But if you're feeling rubbish, whether that be because you're sick or because you're burnt out or because you've just suffered a bad adverse outcome and you're feeling really down on yourself, it's really difficult to give other people that kindness. So if you're not caring for yourself and being kind to yourself, it's really, really hard to be kind to others. And David, I know that you have a small person who lives in the house with you. So remember how tired you are when you mm. have a new baby because they're crying 48 hours a day, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> when you're tired, you don't have those same reserves of energy and that same level of kindness to patients. Do you see what I mean? It's the same Absolutely. sort of thing. Mm. So there's, there's those sort of things from a risk perspective. I also found it quite alarming. The study showed that around two-thirds of dental practitioners are working dehydrated. Now, when you're dehydrated, your brain shrinks, which is probably from an evolutionary <laughs> perspective, not great. And from a um, you know, cognitive perspective, probably not super tastic either. Um, and when you speak to dental practitioners about why, they say it's because they have to walk outside the waiting room to walk through the waiting room to go to the toilet. And if they're running late, they're too embarrassed to walk past their patients. So they intentionally dehydrate themselves. They intentionally go without meals. The number not not eating is actually higher than the number not drinking. So you're dehydrated with a low blood sugar level. How can you possibly perform? Would an athlete do that? Mm, Would an mm. athlete intentionally dehydrate themselves? Or maybe they do, actually. Probably some athletes do <laughs> for, for the performance. Yeah. Actually, think of it. <laughs> Jockeys probably do, don't they? Yeah. But, but do you see what I mean? If you were a if you were going to perform at your best, would you not fuel your body, rest your body, hydrate your body, be kind to your body? Would you not get yourself in the right emotional and mental mindset? And yet we often do absolutely the opposite. We go to work sick, dehydrated, don't have time for breakfast because we're rushing. And then we kind of rock up, ta-da, and think we're going to be able to do our best work on someone. I think it's, 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 it's silly. We're never going to be able to. If we don't take care of ourselves, we're just a broken thing that's not going to be able to take care of our poor patients. It's such a great analogy, the, you know, the, the sports person, you know, the high-level athlete. And in the end, what we need to do, yes, we're not active, <laughs> but mentally we need to be there. We need to be at our best selves to give our best to our patients, and, and that is our goal. 
Clear aligners have revolutionized the way we can provide aesthetic and orthodontic results to our patients. Many of us want to get into this field and provide these options for our patients, but are not sure where to start. That's where Aorta, Aesthetic, Orthodontic and Restorative Training Academy comes in. Their online course, Aorta Essentials, is made to give you the foundations to take the first step. They also provide a number of live courses around Australia to help build on those foundations. With an unbiased approach, Aorta will show you the pros and cons of all the aligner systems. Get started at aortaaustralia.com.au. Thank you, Aorta, for supporting dental students and graduates, and thank you for supporting the Dental Head Start podcast. Are there any other things that people do that, you know, they don't take care of themselves and let things get worse? So one of the things that I guess that really resonated with me when we were doing the research on burnout was the concept of a third space. And there's a lovely TED talk by a gentleman called Adam Fraser about the third space. And your third space, if you think about it in terms of an athlete, and this is when he did his provisional research, say you're a tennis player and you have two points. So your first serve, your first point is rubbish. Are you going to drag the drama of and the bad, how bad you feel? Because of course you weren't perfect and you're flagellating yourself with a tyranny of perfection, or yeah, are you yeah, going to yeah. get over it? and do hit that second serve as if nothing just happened. Of course, they have to get over it. So the space between the two points or the two serves is called the third space. And most people manage, or most athletes manage their third space through ritual and routine. And that's why tennis players are such good examples. Because if you think about people like Rafa Nadal and all that fidgeting about and bouncing the ball <laughs> three times that he does, that is actually him managing his third space. So when he comes to hit that second point, he is on point every single time. Mm. Okay. Mm. Now we have a third space all the time in the practice, and it's the space between two patients. Do you... If you've had an adverse outcome or you've had a drama, something hasn't gone well, rubber down kept pinging off, you're not happy with your filling because it looks crap or because you're not happy with your contact point, it took longer than you were hoping. Do you take the drama and upset of that patient into the next patient so you meet that patient, bring them in with your bad body language and distracted? Yet yeah, you probably do. You probably are. You have a bad patient at 9.30 and we carry that patient on our back all day and it just knocks on. Or you could find a way of managing your third space. So that can be all manner of things. A lot of people take the third space as their lunch break and make sure they go for a walk and get some fresh air or, I don't know, eat something. How extraordinary. What an extraordinary <laughs> <Yeah>. concept. <laughs> Instead of working through their lunch break. One thing I like to do to manage my third space is I actually I take the patient to reception and hand them over. I write my records, of course, and then I actually go to the tea room and I have a drink of water. And mm. then when I walk back out, go back into my surgery, gown up and then go and get the next patient from the mm. waiting room. It's like starting afresh. Mm. You know, it's like you take the day off, or you take the last patient off. It sounds like a strange thing to say, but you've, you've shaken that off. Had a drink uh, of water, so I've also hydrated myself, cleverly. Yeah, and, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> I know, totally, <laughs> totally, maybe have a snack and yeah. then <laughs> and get that next patient. Because the reality of it is, is that might be another 90 seconds. But if that enables me to be on point for that next patient, then I'm going to have, I'm not dragging the drama of the last patient with me. I've come to that next patient fresh and we're both going to have a better appointment. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like bouncing the ball or doing what Rafael Nadal does. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> but it's different for everyone. Some but, people might find subs like that. You know, people tell me that they do breathing or they yeah, do stretches yeah. is another thing. People tell me I do my stretches. Um, other people take the opportunity to spend two or three minutes on social media to catch up with friends or family. It's different for everybody. We're all going to have a different way. I know dental practitioners who keep a book in their surgery. And people say, when have you got time to read? Well, they haven't, but they find two minutes between each patient because it just helps them just get back into the right frame of mind. So it's going to be different for everyone. There's no doubt. But just having that idea of bouncing between one patient to the next and not pausing in between Mm. and taking the opportunity to just shake any drama off and just move into that next patient in a really good balanced frame of mind if possible and if you can't i mean as our colleague who rang me this week who'd had the adverse outcome and said i can't do this now then that's good too because she recognized that she wasn't emotionally able to take on the emotional burden of the next patient that's fantastic that's absolutely fantastic. By being in tune with yourself in your third space, you'll learn to read your signals if you just can't cut it that day. And that's okay because that's not failure. That's yeah. just not being perfect. That's, that's human. Mm. Uh, I myself, um, I often at lunchtime will go down. I, we work near a river in most of the practices I'm at. So I'll go down to the river at lunchtime and that's my third space. But I think I might be in uh, putting something in between patients a bit more and I appreciate that and you know your advice about taking care of ourselves because we can't look after our patients right if we're not looking after ourselves we can't and you know think about you know another example when you sat an exam okay there were people who stayed up all night cramming because that was their learning style but broadly you kind of tried to have something to eat and drink first didn't you <laughs> yeah Yep. Didn't you? You tried to go in with the best frame of mind that you could to give yourself the best chance of success. It's not unreasonable, but we seem to feel that we need to be perfect and be this machine that just operates on empty. And then when things go wrong, we start blaming ourselves like we're the most horrible person in the world when in fact, it's not unreasonable for things to go wrong when you're sick or hungry or tired or that's not unreasonable. That's just human. And what I always say as well to my colleagues when they come in and they're not feeling well <clears throat> and I'm trying to get them to go home because they're sick. And I say, <laughs> would you like an ID block off you today? And the reason I pick an ID block, because I think it's not a very nice injection, is it? I don't like having mm. them. Yeah. <laughs> no. And it's uh, not not difficult to get it wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would you like an ID block off you today? Would you like a molar endo off you today? And they look at you and they're like, well, no. And I'm like, well, <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's such a that's a wonderful way to uh, sum it up. In the end, you know, we only do for our patients what we do for ourselves. Um, that's fantastic advice. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Annalene. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.